Alright, so before we get started, alright, definitely gotta take a drink. Alright, you gotta take a shot, drink, sat, alright. It's only, I mean, it's the HBCU way, so I mean, before we do anything, I mean, we pregame for everything. Hell yeah. Like the gospel concerts, you know, <laughs> with your little wine. Yeah. Right. Y'all didn't right. 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 I guess that's the agony. I mean, you know. We you know. took a little sip of communion, you know. <laughs> Nothing crazy. Something, over. you know what I'm saying? Need a little yeah, something. Not. Keep me lit. What you mean? See, I Okay. So y'all gonna judge us. Okay. That's fine. I don't know. It's like shot four for the day, so I'm ready. So let me go ahead and pull my pull myself up. Let's get it. Hey. Let's get it. 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 greatness. Okay. Oh, I ain't got it like I used to though. Whew. Jesus nah. Christ. All right. So we're about to jump into it. Um, just go. Um, so we're about to jump into it. So um, first question is. So what? Why did y'all choose HBCU? Like, was it your only choice, or was that your last choice, your second choice? Like, why? Why did y'all choose the HBCU route? Well, for me, it's like um, so. My dad, my uncles, aunts, everybody went to HBCU. They went to Pepper State, uh, but I know I didn't want to go there. So it was like it was really HBCU or nothing. Okay. So more so, my family ties led me straight there. I feel like I ain't have a choice to go to Peter. I had to go to the HBCU. Okay. So, I already fucked up by going to Central because they went to Federal State, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, you fucked up going to Central, period. Wow. Like, <laughs> 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 he mean, like, following the family. It ain't what he said, but okay. <laughs> okay. I said that's what he meant. We'll go there. <laughs> uh, anybody else? Ladies? It was an accident. Oh. Um, oh, no. I like the, no, I like the, no, I love it. So, I graduated high school early, was the first to really go to college, know what they wanted to do. So I actually went to USC Charlotte for two and a half years. Then I ended up transferring to Central. My sister ended up working part of the staff. And I was like, all right, welcome, sis. <laughs> and I came to Central, um, coming from a blended family, blended environment, from coming up from New York. It was definitely a culture shock in the sense of being around my people tenfold. Of course, no, I'm um, definitely tenfold. And then just one of the first people I met. When it I came was, to Central, and then after that, I was like, okay, graduate undergrad degree. It wasn't so much I came back to us. Mm, that's dope. That's dope. Um, I have it's two reasons. Um, I come from a small hometown, so the only two HBCUs that were really known were Fayetteville State and A&T. And as much as I love my friends and family who went to both of those schools, I know I didn't want to attend either one of those schools. I just didn't. <laughs> Um, and I just did. Um, but, and my other reason was based on scholarship wise, that's what the money was. I mean, in the scholarship program, we're in the same scholarship program with teaching fellows. Um, everyone else was partial. Central said, hey, we'll give you a full ride. I'm not going to turn down. Of course not. You paying for my entire education. So, you know, I loved it. I'm very happy that I went, but at the end of the day, I always tell people, go where the money is. Yeah. Yeah, big facts on that. So, um, A&T was actually not on my list of schools. Um, when I was in high school, I was dead set on being an architect. And A&T does not have an architecture program. They have, I think, architectural engineering. But um, that's not quite the same thing. So, all the schools that I applied to and got into were PWIs. 
And then I got a letter from A&T saying, hey, you've been nominated for this program. We'll give you a full ride if you change your major. Um, so my parents were kind of like, I don't really think you have an option. Um, and I, I had a lot of animosity around it. I'm not going to lie. Um, I didn't go to black schools growing up, even though I'm from Durham. And I, it was a lot of, it was going to be a culture shock. And I knew that. And I didn't know if I could handle it. But um, definitely don't regret my decision. I definitely feel you. I mean, I don't, the reason I chose HBCU, okay, so my mom, my dad went, my older sister went, the auntie, my middle sister went to an HBCU. She went to a small one. But um, I wasn't going to an HBCU. Um, I was going to go play basketball. You know, I wanted to follow my dream, play college ball, ball is life. Um, but I went to, it was one weekend. It was random as, random as crap. My friends went to a party. I was at work. I didn't get off too late. My sister was like, yeah, just come up to homecoming. Drive up to homecoming. Come hang out with me. And I went up there. I know most people are like, oh, you got turned. That's why you wanted to go. Not really. Honestly, I got there and they really set me down and just talked about college. Uh, we talked about college. I know we were drinking and stuff. I probably shouldn't have been at that <laughs> age. But um, it really opened up my mind to HBCU um, because I, I didn't. I grew up with white people. Um, point blank period. I grew up with white people. Um, so, I mean, I really wasn't, you know, hip to, you know, my people, you know what I mean? Um, so, my counselors tried to talk me out of it. Uh, a lot of people tried, just like teachers, like, you know, yeah, yeah, you can go to, you know, Guilford or you can go to USC Charlotte. And I'm just like, no, nah, I want to go to Antique. And I, at the last minute, I literally changed probably at the last couple of days of school. And I was just like, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm just go to HBCU. And I think it's the best decision I've ever made in my life um, to this day. Right, to, to this, this day. day. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I can do it. So um, I chose the HBCU because I went to early college high school at an HBCU. So as opposed to applying to a bunch of colleges or anything, I literally only applied to Central. Mm -hmm. um, because of my experience at early college my senior year, that actually pushed me to only want to apply there. I originally wanted to go to Hampton. Um, but uh, I became so involved in the campus culture in high school, um, and it really felt like a family orientation, which kind of developed even more once I actually attended the school for real. So it was kind of like my involvement being there on campus. I think had I been somewhere else or went to like a traditional high school, I probably would have went a different route. But because I actually experienced what Central was like as a student before I was a student, that kind of was like, yeah, this is a yeah. this is a deal closer right here. I feel you, I feel you, I feel you. So, like, how do we, like, I hear we get a lot of, you know, people talk about our HBCUs. They say, we don't have this, we don't have that, we're not doing this, we're party school, da 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 da, da whatever. Um, so, like, how do we improve, improve our our schools? Like, how do we improve our HBCUs? For real, I think it starts with social media. Um, right now, like, the biggest marketing piece is what we put on social media as a long what we put on social media as current students, that's what makes people understand or think what the idea of an HBCU is. Before uh, social media, the idea of HBCU came from TV shows like A Different World, um, School Days, you know, different things that Spike Lee, Bill Cosby, and other people put into the atmosphere about what HBCUs were. But now we have the uh, ability to create the narrative of what an HBCU is for ourselves. I'll figure on that. One of the things, I was thinking about this last night. It was just a random thought I had. 
I wish Gronish would. Uh, Gronish was at an HBCU. Is that only? Am I the only one that's I, I selfishly think thinking that? I feel like, like I just wish a lot of HBCU. HBCU they try, but it's right. not. But it's not. They be playing with it. Yeah. No, like, hit it. I, 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 I feel the, the real next season is going to pull in some real life. I think they're going to try to do it with that. So they're pulling in a girl that transferred from HBCU. Yeah. So right. next season they're doing that, yeah. and they they referenced it. So Blackish. Talks a lot about them going to Howard, right, right, and then right. in Gronish they feature like, "Oh, I could have went to Howard," but they made a very like derogatory comment in one episode about Gronish about like, "I could have went to Howard for the boys, but I came here for education" or something like that. Well, I don't even like how with Junior how he decided he wouldn't want to go to Howard for a little while, and he was like, "No, I'm not doing this." Like, and it was like they made it seem like it was such a negative connotation mm-hmm. behind him going to Howard, going to HBCU. But it was okay for Zoe to struggle through her first year at a PWI, but they wouldn't give that same type of story to Jimmy. Like, they automatically say, oh, no, he's not going back to school because that's just why. Like, I mean, I have to say, though, so what was the show on BET that was about an HBCU? The Quad. The Quad. So, what I don't like is the few times that there are HBCUs shown on TV, it's this unrealistic view. Mm-hmm. And they show all the problems. The school can't afford the water. And granted, that is some HBCUs true life. But it's not the majority. Not and I hate that every time we're depicted, it's this unrealistic view where there's negative connotations. They never show them in class. I thought that was wild to me how none of the scenes were of them ever being in class or doing anything positive. It was just the band. It was Greek life. And the Greek life, I think someone got sexually assaulted. Like it's never, it's never the stuff that we actually experience and will forever remember. It's never. But the problem Special is people watch TVs and that's their only depiction of an HBCU and that's why they don't want to come. I don't want to go to a school where I don't know if they're going to have water or if the lights are going to be off or I'm going to be, you know, assaulted. But these things happen everywhere. You know what I mean? And so I, I hate that we're always depicted that way. And the one time that you meet somebody that was attached to an HBCU, they didn't even finish. So you don't even right. get the real <laughs> about what HBC life is like. Talk about it. That's what speaks to the importance of control the narrative. Mm-hmm. And as Jella was saying, really control. And not just social media beyond that. Like, I'm a person. I have central on my desk at work. You know, if I'm driving, whatever, I'm hanging out with my sister and her little friends. I'm dropping where I go to school at. Not because of the school name, but the fact that it's an HBCU. And I have honest conversations with young teens I volunteer with about the difference between both. Because I attended both. Now it's not every school in the world, PWI versus HBCU, but it is a big difference when you're surrounded by your culture. You get to see the some bad times in your culture, but also the strength in your people. Like people fall down, correct. So there's no bad part of my culture. But people can have weak spots when you go to HBCU. You look at people not taking advantage of the resources, the education, things that happen on campus or alcohol, but on the other side is family oriented. You get chased for scholarships and internships you would never have going to a PWI is about numbers versus the quality relationship with their student. Yeah. And so it's just controlling the narrative in every waking moment of life, from social media to jobs, if you're in a position of giving more students internships to draw them in, that's important. Focusing on like your everyday being a breathing marketing for university beyond the alumni association. Right. And I, just to speak on that, I was about to say the main thing we have to do though is we have to support it. Like mm-hmm. we, we can't just say, you know, say, yeah, I went to NCCU, I went to North Carolina A&T, but what are you doing to make sure that, you know, you're giving back? You know what I'm saying? It's okay to go there. I know a lot of people graduated there and say, you know, 
ain't doing this, I ain't giving back. But in the day, it's not it's not more so hurting you, but it's hurting your university. Mm-hmm. You're saying it's bigger than yourself. Up, it's bigger than yourself. So I think the main thing is like we really have to support it. We have to know like okay, we're in this together. We we already at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to you know PWIs. You know, so they they have that support. They got the national TV like you know, said so that their athletics, all that stuff is it's already there. They don't need people to really support it because of what the outside world sees. You know what I'm saying? You'll see a Carolina Duke commercial probably every day. How many times do you see a A and T or a Central? You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's supposed to oh, we have to control ESPN. Yeah, we Two things that I'm sorry, that's it from that when you said relationships and then support. I think not necessarily thing that we do, but um what I realized, I guess administration wise, we need to also take into account who we have working at in our institution. Mm-hmm. Because experience matters. Mm-hmm. If I don't have an experience that I that was a positive experience, I'm not going to go back to support. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like just because people are qualified to work at a higher ed institution doesn't mean they're qualified to work with people. That's and true. a lot of times you'll experience your, um, your uh, what do they call it? Your, no, not mentors, your people, advisors. And where you may have had multiple advisors within a year, some people may have a very close relationship with their advisor, where somebody else, your advisor, may not even know what your major is. Mm-hmm. So if I don't have anything from advisors to different groups, if I don't have anything that ties me to back to my institution, I'm not going to want support. For if sure. I didn't have a positive relationship with it. So we have to take into account what type of atmosphere that we're building while we're there, how we're giving back, and the things we say. You know, we're all of us are big on social media. Mm-hmm. And although jokes are jokes, we have to be really careful about the stuff that we say mm-hmm. about our schools because people take the smallest thing and run with it. I've seen it so many times on Twitter where people mm-hmm. take the smallest thing where somebody was joking. And then they roll with it. So just got to be really careful. I think other thing, though, is mindset. Like, we have yeah. to be more open to change. Yeah. Right? So I remember when I first moved into A&T, the honors dorm is where Scott Hall used to be. And Scott Hall is a very prominent dorm, actually, on the southeast. It was the mm-hmm. largest um, dormitory in the southeast. Mm-hmm. And it used to hold 1,600 students at one time. Um, but the truth is, the building was dilapidated. Um, I remember my dad telling me stories about laying in bed in Scott Hall and the ceiling would just fall in your head. Um, you know, you're telling me this story, but is that where you wanted me to stay? Right, right, right. You know, when they decided that they were going to tear the building down because it needed to come down and put new buildings on top of it, a lot of people were raising hell. Mm-hmm. Like, how dare y'all? But don't you want better for the next generation? And so it's things like that that, you know, we have alumni. Anytime the university wants to change something or improve something, they feel like we're tearing the school down and we're just going against our ancestors. But sometimes change is a good thing. And if we continue to just stay where we are, we will be left behind. Well, you see, that problem really comes. So HBCUs are really built off of tradition. Tradition is like one of the number one things when you think about HBCUs. And when you think about who our donors are, and who our board of trustees are, those are the alum who were fostered through that tradition. The people who are giving right now are those class of 79, class of 63. <laughs> so, so, and so when you talk about the progression that is needed, you have, you have the current administration, the current students, the current faculty and staff who do want to push their institutions to the right direction. But then you got old alum who, I love y'all, but you have to sometimes let go of something. You have to let go of something. That's the number one thing that hurts us. But on the flip side, 
we're telling them to let go, but they're giving us their money. Yeah. So it's kind of like... There's always a middle. Yeah. There's, There's a middle always, for everything. Like, that's what I look at. Yeah, I remember we changed the logo. Like, no, I don't remember. I felt the same way too because I felt like they were trying to take their story black out of what we were. You know what I'm saying? So we look at like the little Transformers thing. You know, so it's like it's really like okay, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to are you trying to change who like who we attract to this university or like are you you know what I'm saying? Yeah. With our logo, it had like truth and service, all that stuff on it. So now when you see it, that's not there. It's so, vision that he created a couple of years ago for things that he wanted to have accomplished and changed in the university by the year 2020. Uh, so it included things like buying up property around the school, um, adding international dorms, um, create increasing our minority population, which would be non-African American students. Um, Don't hurt. <laughs> improving the average GPA. So there were a lot of positive changes, but I mean, just even think about the part about increasing our minority population. I mean, people really flip their shit over there. Um, but the truth is, you can have 20% non-African-Americans and still be an HBCU. You actually could have 100% and still be an HBCU because it's about how you were founded. So, but a lot of people were just really resistant to change. But some of the changes that have already been put in place, people are like, oh, yeah, we needed that. Um but it was that beginning step that people were like, oh, I don't know about it. The, I think the problem with situations like that, when you have these strategic plans that are really built to help our institutions, a lot of people just see the surface level of what it is. They don't fully understand. Um, they read the bullet points. They read the bullet points. <laughs> they don't fully understand like, what, research. what progression looks like and what progression is needed. A minority population simply could mean more Hispanic students. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean more white students, which I mean, even if there are white students, you know, that's a perspective, you know, and I think we do need to have that sense of perspective that's added to our institutions to make our students more global ready, because we can't be global ready with our own community, because our own community isn't a global community. Not yet. Not yet. We're getting there. But um, one of the common things I kept hearing y'all say was support. How do we. We got all these celebrities. We got these, you know. We got we got the whole NBA, okay? <laughs> the whole NBA. <laughs> we got the NFL. You know, we don't got no baseball players no more. But um, like, how do we get these celebrities and athletes to support our HBCUs? But I think it goes back to I, one of y'all said it though. Like their experience too. Like even if I went pro, but if I had a horrible experience at HBCU I went to, I, I'm not gonna. You know, but I'm feeling like they need the support. You know what I'm saying? No, that I mean, I'm. I guess I'm saying on some helping my people, helping friends. But it's like, so my feeling about this is that we need to get to a point where we don't have to rely on them. 
And I say this since because that's what I'm saying. So that's why I'm saying it goes. But my thing is, we it goes beyond them. Yeah, it'll be nice to have a celebrity back out of school and great, 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 smart pro or whatever. But it's like we need to be our own working billboard first. The common people, day to day, that's out in Durham County, that moves to get jobs, and okay. as the school supports themselves and we support our school, those individuals who have moved away and forgotten have no choice but to support us. But they don't see their common and next door neighbor doing it. It's just like, why should I have to do it? I see what we couldn't. Saying. We can't put that weight on their back because they have the. Family. Oh yeah, yeah. And we won't do what I was saying. No, no, I, I, I respect that. Like I, I respect that. Um, but my thing is like, not to talk shit, but. We've showed our, we've showed our back, and we do what we do. Auntie, no disrespect to y'all. No, y'all is, is is the number one HBCU without without reason. Without I, reason, no, yeah. like without, but without reason. Like, like I really, I agree we, that I was, our support, our support comes from us. Yeah. Like that's us. That's us. That's us doing that. That's coming from us. That's all homegrown. Like, but we don't have any, we don't have a backing from a, a celebrity or anything like that. From a well. I mean, we have Terrence J. We have Jesse Jackson. So I, when I see like Diddy giving back to Howard, I have no issue with that. That's his alma mater. Right. When I see Taraji there, you know, I have no issue with that. That's her alma mater. Right. So is it that we need to produce more celebrities so that they will give back? Because there are celebrities, but they give back to their own. To their own. So it's not it's like they're dropping off say, 20K at every store. To say produce more celebrities is kind of like just the, the luck of the Irish in a sense. You, you <laughs> never know who's, who's going. Everybody, everybody is trying to be rich and famous. But not, not just famous, right? But wealthy. wealthy so right. Well, I don't is think it that we need to produce more wealthy alum? Is, is it as much wealth as it is notable? Like, we want an alum with to influence. Be to have money because though. Andre Leon Talley is an alum of North Carolina Central University, but he could care less about North Carolina Central University because of his experience. If we're, like, honestly, it doesn't matter if they are wealthy or not. They're still a person at the end of the day. And they will do with their money what they choose to. So it's less about your HBCU or more about them as an individual. Because we have great universities do great things. Mm-hmm. But you can't make anybody give $20 <laughs> or 20 k if they don't want to. And it doesn't yeah. speak on your... But, institution as a whole, but but here's the thing: you can entice with gimmicks and stuff, but if it's not truth, well, it's not real. Well, I don't really. What are we not doing in 2019 that was working in the 90s when you had just random comedians, actors, everybody wearing HBCU paraphernalia on TV shows? You can look back at Martin, mm-hmm. Fresh Prince, like all these black shows back in the day, and half these people didn't even attend at HBCU. Everybody It just came back. Like that's their personal agenda, though. Right. It speaks to the person. Mm-hmm. It's again their personal agenda. You have but, some people who would die hard for HBCU, put in music, movies, shows in between. But that is the person. Now everybody's gonna have the same agenda that we have. But the agenda is coming back. But like I, we mentioned, the choir earlier, the that vision of the agenda is just like it's gone left. You don't have shows portray HBCUs like a different world anymore. Right. We, everything is drama or, 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 or problems or everybody thrives off the drama or issues. What's I, mean, I think we're, we're looking at the negative aspect of it, right? Mm-hmm. So there are some positives. We, we do go back into our communities and we do make sure that people know what school we went to and that we're proud products of our schools. But this is, this is, right, right. So we're going to promote it. We're going to wear our t-shirts to work and you're going to see us in a hat you know, at the airport and stuff like that. Like we intentionally do those things. So 
it, it might not just be about celebrities and people who have airtime on TV promoting our schools. We now have people that do a very good job of that, whereas before you didn't have that. The the populations at our schools where they are now are not where they were when a different world was on regularly and producing yeah. new episodes. Yeah, we weren't at that same level. So there is some promotion and it has been self-promotion, I would say. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, it would be awesome if everybody was wearing HBC t- t-shirts all the time. That's not the case, but I would say we do have a lot of proud alumni that are doing the job for, pe- for the five, for the six, for the seven people that used to do it. Yeah, just a quick statement too. I think they went harder for like whenever they were at HBCUs. I think they went harder for it too, though. Like, I, like I, I feel like now a lot of people they graduate from HBCU and they want to forget that's where they came from. Yeah, or they try to forget that's where they came from. I, I don't think like back then when a different world and all that was. I don't think like they really was like, all right, I graduated from Howard, but forget Howard at this point. So, so you know, I posed that question, uh, kind of the setup for the next one. Um, but like, you think like. Athletes starting to those those big time five star athletes because um, I I mean I I know a lot of athletes. Do you think those five star high school athletes, if they were to choose an HBCU over that Duke, that Carolina, that like say say Zion went to uh, Central and Central instead of Duke, mm-hmm. do you think that can change? Will make a change as far as how our, our HBCUs are perceived and how how we can, like, will that be, could that make a big effect on the growth of HBCUs? I think one, it'll just, just simply those names, it brings more exposure. Because, right, right. I mean, exposure is half the battle of itself. You know, how many people know the name? Mm-hmm. Um, but then it goes to say, I was reading that, I was reading the question, I'm like, you know, why aren't our athletes going to HBCUs initially? Like, you'll but, see a lot of them who went to Kansas or went somewhere, and, they and then they'll kind of transfer. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, they are D1, aren't they? Oh, okay, we can one. come, but it's like, what? Yeah, about our programs? Because, I mean, we have we have money, but mm-hmm. what is it about our programs that are not pulling in? This is I, I, We don't I, have the money. I think what it is, I think what it is, off the summit, too. So, like, the way they eat, the way they train, the way they treat their body, like, we don't, we don't measure up to but what those other universities can offer. Like, why? Because we don't have the money. We don't have, we don't have the money. In a sense, we don't have the money. And these people thinking about NBA it's, it's a different relationship. Like, these, like a lot of kids who, who are professional young men and young women who are going into this, they're looking at universities where they get the tip grade. Yeah. Yep. A lot of them are playing that the universities are looking at exactly. this. Exactly. But they tend to get people calling you just in your ear when you done already had 50 letters and that's true. That's true. I don't know why it's so slow. It's too late. It's more strategic than it's more where I'm going to go, where I'm going to get recruited faster, what I'm going to get out of it versus, oh, the family orientation, how many internships I'm going to get. No. It's who's going to get me in, who's going to trade, who's going to invest, who's going to get me out. Yep. Well, I think I she said, who's going to invest in me? And thing is, I mean, we know from an HBCU experience that, yeah, once you're in there, once you get the experience, once you have that that or that family feeling, then you're all there invested in me. But from an outside, you know, like that time, is it, see, but, but, I, but the investment that we feel is the yeah, investment that the athletes want. And it, 
in the first thing that they're going to see is the facilities. And our facilities are not up to par with our counterparts. They just aren't. They're not. They're not. I mean, A&T just got an elevator in our press box. And that's because when ESPN came, they said, we will not come back because we won't be dragging these cameras of all these flights and stairs. Our facilities are not up to par. The main thing they're going to look at is your facility. Once they don't like that, I feel like it cancels them out completely. Because like, I, I don't feel like I can better my body or I can better my skill here. If yeah. something happens to me, are y'all really going to train me back to health? Correct. People That's the are main concerned thing. about something. You know, doctors, you know, team doctors, all that stuff, like, all that stuff matters. And yeah. it's, it's just something we just can't compete with right now. But right. side mark, this is probably something, you know, research people who work at universities and whatnot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be a key thing to look into. Will key players be trusted up to our athletics bring just more presentation and media and increase our ticket sales or actually affect our student enrollment? That's two different things. I don't mind the publicity, but if you're not increasing the family. But I feel like when when publicity comes, comes people. Comes people. It it's right. If it's good publicity, I mean, any publicity, honestly. Well, not any, but if it's pretty good publicity, they are going to come. Like that's how kids do. That's how kids. That's how kids. I work with kids, so I know. Like that's what they look at. They want to see who. who, Like when I say, yeah, I went to A and T. They're like, A and T. Yeah. Like I, I I know kids. Like I I know a kid that that just got recruited by A and T. You know, and I'm like, yo, it's a great school. Like he's he's like, I've never really, you know, what I'm saying, looked into it. And I'm like, you know, kind of explaining to him. I have to explain because nobody really heard. He's hadn't heard of. Right. But then when I, you know, he's like, I was like, yeah, we've produced this, this, and this mm-hmm. in the last three years. Uh, we've produced this over the last 10 years. That I was like, oh, all right. But my oh. next question is, is, do you think that if we do this through sports, that becomes an overshadowing purpose going to university? I don't think we don't need think sports so. to increase our enrollment because that, A&T's enrollment was steadily increasing even when our sports programs were, were not performing. That's what I'm saying. It should be that. I don't think we should sports. But you know what that goes back to? Versus the if you think about our HBCUs and think about our PWI counterparts, the the staff of the institution is so much larger, so they have somebody who can only care about the sports, yeah. as opposed to yeah. our institution. My, um, we, have to, we have to split our time. Yeah. 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 We have to split our time. Yeah. 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 Yes, just the same uh, academic coordinator, just for the basketball team. Yeah. Like, just... Where so oh, yeah, you yeah. have one academic advisor for all sports, all sports. Mm-hmm. Really, just, just, just one, one of right. the academic sports, <laughs> just for back, just for men's basketball. Yeah. So it's like, and where where comes jobs comes money, and it goes back to the initial statement. Money, money. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the said, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> so what, like, what's one of the best parts of y'all HBCU experience? Mm. Ooh, so Ooh, so many dog. And I have to the people, man. Like the people, people you meet, is, you know what I'm saying? The, the relationships you make, all that, you know what I'm saying? Even down to like different events and stuff like that, man. That's just stuff you never, never forget. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you really adopt a brother, a cousin, a sister, an uncle, or aunt when you go to an HBCU, and they always gonna be there. So I feel like just that that family vibe is like the the main thing. Like I'm like when I sit back, I'm like damn, like I really added to my family by going to Central for four years. Mm-hmm. You know? And then and then like the events give you like. That experience, like you can get a red carpet experience, you can get a club <laughs> experience. It creates like that imagination that like we can we can really be like you think about like I work at a PWI now and I my students don't dress up for shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but I think about us, we chicken Wednesday nigga, like <laughs> going crazy. Like <laughs> refund, the refund check chicken Wednesday. The experiences that you gain at an HBCU just from like 
us creating like our own BET Awards, our own yeah. our own Met Gala. I mean, <laughs> I feel like when I went, like I feel like I was, I felt, I felt like I didn't have to, to, I guess, what, what, what did I say? Code switch. Yeah. I didn't have the code switch. Oh, oh yeah. I didn't have the code switch. Keep it, keep it a man. I didn't have the code switch. Like I could be myself. Like if I wanted to laugh, I can laugh loudly. I can talk loudly because my people's talk. Yeah, that's what we are. That's our culture. Like, though people like don't understand we have a culture, and our culture is, if you think about it, our culture is new. Yeah. Think about it. Like, we don't really know our African our African culture like that. Think about it. To be completely honest, I mean, there's some people that do, but but the average African American, we don't. And then as an American, you're not really accept, accepted. So you're in this in-between space, but when you're at the HBCU, it's like, all right, we're all in this in-between space. We're creating our culture. We're this is what we are. This is who we are. This is what we do. So like, I feel like when I when I got to NT, like, just meeting like all the people, everybody was just like, hey, what's up, good? You know what I'm saying? Like you talking to everybody. Like you talking to everybody. Um, like it. I don't know. It's just like a family atmosphere. Like. You you fit in somewhere at an HBCU, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somewhere somehow you fit in. It makes it feel okay to just be black. Like yes. Just, and I think with our generation and coming, we're redefining the we're redefining the culture. So it's just the aspect of um, going to the HBC experience. You it makes it feel okay. Like you said, you'll find somebody to relate to. Like you know you you may say, oh well, I know going to HBCU. It was like, are you sure? You know, you that's not who you are. I mean, you sure? You're not, not you sure you want to go to HBCU? Yeah, we're wearing black all the time. Literally, that's what they said to me. Oh, right. no. They yeah. said that without saying it to me. So they I know. You know, I know. You, know how, you know how a bunch of black people are. Yes. It's like, yeah. But you get there and, you know, you may not necessarily identify with this group. But, you you know, you'll find pieces and parts. But I think the experience overall, it helps you find your true self. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, there's a lot of lessons that I, I've taken from going to Central, just going to HBCU, that I'm like, you, you wouldn't get that. Or just having counterparts or friends that went to PWIs, I'm like, you, you don't even know. You don't like, know. there's some stuff that you, you, it's a big difference. How you handle things, I think, um, the teachers, how you handle things now in the workplace. Yep. It is, you know. It seems like it wouldn't be because you And, that, and that's, one of the, that's one of the pushbacks I get from a lot of people that I, when I like when I was like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Why didn't you choose HBCU? And they're like, well, you can't be. It's not the real world. You don't get to be with, you know, it ain't no white people. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 It is. The white people be the coolest motherfuckers. But it's just like, they don't understand that we get taught. We get taught how to handle ourselves in the business world. They think we're just... Learn about hip hop. That's no, no, no. what they see. Drinking parties. Drinking the parties. They don't even think we have class building. <laughs> no, <laughs> y'all, y'all actually say classes at HBC. <laughs> nah, nigga. Like, we just <laughs> here for the hell of it. Spending 17, 18, 22, $34,000 a year. Exactly. And the crazy thing is, the fact that you talked about we don't have to code switch and we also learn how to interact with other cultures. Coming from a PWI to an HBCU, it is different conversations. You know, not only to learn how to be your authentic self, but you also learn how to represent yourself and dominate in a room where you have to talk about social topics such as inequity, 
And my job is talking about inequity. I'm able to pinpoint what's the problem, what needs to be changed, because I am part of the African American. So you know. Hello, and I know the difference. I don't know because if you go to people who I've never been in the black situation, you don't know what white dominant culture Come is. Come on, now. okay, no, you great. don't know it. You don't know no, no, what microaggression no. is. You don't know that environment because it's your everyday. Right. But you go to a HBCU. Listen, X, Y, and Z is not correct. This is what white dominant culture looks like. Now you hear. Superior, superiority and the white dominant culture is better than everything we do. It's a difference. You learn about privilege, but you don't learn about all those things at a white institution mm-hmm. because it's not the abnormal topic. It doesn't need to be discussed. We kumbaya, we good, we meet our quota, it's great. But HBC, you can put that on the forefront so when you get to professional world, you're able to handle yourself with a level of, I don't want to say, but a level of self-awareness and a mm-hmm. certain demeanor where you could deliver this is improper right. this is what you're not going to do right. but I can check you in a professional oh, come on now I would say for me though like um, I'm really honest I needed my school I, I may not have realized mm-hmm. that at the time mm-hmm. but man every day I think about how much I needed a I needed AMP to show me diversity amongst ourselves because I went into AMP thinking is- all black people were the same I needed ANT to support me because I needed to know what support felt like going to white schools. You don't really get that, especially not when you're an anomaly in your classes. Um, I needed ANT to remind me of what I was made of. I needed ANT to pull everything out of me that I didn't even know was in there. And um, I'm not confident that the schools I originally applied to would have done that for me. I'm not confident that I would have done what it feels like to celebrate yourself, to be proud of other people, to be around accomplished people, because they love to say that, oh, we don't do these things. We're not about excellence. We're not about this. But all of my friends are doing well. I'm surrounded by a lot of success. Doing I don't really well, know what y'all are doing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the truth is my friends are doing well in fields that they didn't even study. I have multifaceted friends, and they all came from HBCUs. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of like, I needed that experience, and I want my kids to have the same thing. I want every person I meet to go get that, because I don't know who I would be without it. I'd be a completely different person. I give it all to A&T. And it's it's not to say that the black experience... office and just be like you know what today was a day and she can respond and be like let's pray about it and it's not weird okay. it's not strange or it's take not a ethical. day or take or, a day or take a day you know, know what I mean so it's just like when you build that relationship I've had professors be like I need, need to take some time but I'm like another thing that you taught me too though like you know we're already black but that taught me how to be comfortable being black mm. you know like like we live, we live we live in a world you know come on now know come on now so like growing up you felt like like damn I'm only here Either I'm gonna die or I'm gonna go to jail. Okay. And that's how I felt growing up. Especially the agency, the agency, Or you gonna play ball. Or you're gonna play ball. Like, but the agency taught me like you're more than this. You you should feel confident, you should feel comfortable being a black man into this society. And so, and that's one of the things I, I thank God that my parents went to HBCU because they, they taught me that early, but I still didn't understand it. Right. It's it's a difference in in, in knowing something and understanding it. Like, so when I got to NT, I really understand the diversity of people. Like I saw, I never, when I was, where I grew up, 
the my parents was my 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 parents were considered wealthy and big, but really at the end of the day we was struggling, Smart. but never wanted for anything. But like we right. weren't rich, rich right. now, right? Like we I were, all, we were good. You know what yeah. I'm saying? We were making a stretch. So like I never to knew. see like kids pulling up in Bentleys and business, and then you see you know you see the people that's coming from the country with nothing but a bag, just a duffel bag and a book bag. That's it. That's all they came to school Might with. Might not have that. But they made it, and it just like you were able to connect. But you you had something to connect with with that person, whether you were talking to the person with the Bentley or you were talking to the person with the. You'll bag. find somebody. Mm-hmm. You'll find somebody. Find somebody. You, you can find somebody you can relate to. Somebody's going through your same path of life. Exactly. You can find a, a professor or an administrator yep. who came from the hood or came yeah. from the suburbs yeah. to understand what it what is. Yeah. Be like I'm scared to admit it. And like not, they, they're open. They say, hey, I can't own it. I came from the yeah. hood. You know, I've been locked up before and I've made a mm-hmm. change. If, if that's what your experience is, that's what your path is, it's okay. There is a second way to yeah. go. A lot of times you'll see where people are scared to own it or mm-hmm. they know they're, they know your truth, then they hold it against you. Mm-hmm. A lot of times HBCUs, it's like, okay, so what? Everybody makes mistakes. Things happen. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that because that create because we're not so quick to counsel people. Right. Yeah. Can we're not so quick to, to write people off because we understand. Give you a chance. We give, give you a chance. Like you a chance. They'll give you a chance. You're not we're not so quick. Sometimes too many. Sometimes too many, but, Sometimes too many, but <laughs> think about think about but all the okay. think about all the your white counterparts, how many chances they really get. They don't tell you about it. Man, I know kids that I went to school with sold drugs, got caught with drugs, drunk at school, school, got suspended, kicked out of school, car accident, all that. They went back to to school with no issues. I know kids that got in trouble one time, couldn't go to school. Mm -hmm. But because they didn't have the money, they didn't have the the mommy and daddy couldn't pay the lawyer. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like it gives you, you need those chances. You need those kids need that chance. Yeah, I'm thankful because they, they don't have that chance. chance. I really am. I really am because, and on top of that, we also have people at our HBCUs who are, will pull you to the side and tell you about yourself, like your mother would do. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, that's not afraid to <laughs> yeah. pull you to the side, oh, push yeah. you out, maybe right. even, get you together, but. Looking back, understand that they did that because they saw more in us, mm-hmm. and that's that family, that family atmosphere. That it's more than just just community. That right. family atmosphere is more than community. It's like holding each other accountable. Mm. Um, our superiors holding us accountable, telling us when our shit really stinks. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed, to you go to some other places that just be like, "Damn, it's a damn shame," or they'll just talk about you. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. They'll and just I talk say about a word you. To you and not say a word to you. Our HBC people, they're gonna talk about you to your face. <laughs> with your friends sitting right there. You know, to get you to get you together. Or this is your back and be like, well, I said this about you yesterday. You know what? That experience is why I flourish where I am today. Mm-hmm. There is nothing you can say to me. No, there is not nothing you can do to me. There is nothing you cannot provide me with. It does not matter because where I came from, I learned how to deal with those kind of things. That's why some of my coworkers that didn't go to HBCUs, regardless of what their race is, struggle where they are right now because they didn't have to deal with things. They didn't have to make stuff stretch. They didn't have to go without. No one told them about themselves, and this is the first time they ever realized that they really aren't that good at what they You know what I mean? So I'm just grateful to be to have been in a place where there actually was room for everybody to be there. I was going to say that Central, Central humbled me because coming from a small 
um, smaller hometown, predominantly white hometown. It was like, okay, you know, you're smart, you're scholarship, you're you're that black girl. Mm-hmm. Central, I got the issues. Like, okay, you're yeah, another black girl. Right. Well, okay, black girl, what do you do about it? Who cares? <laughs> oh, you got, okay, who cares? And so, like you said, now that I'm an adult, and you know, I'm working in a field that is still predominantly white. You're like, okay, so what am I going to do to Man. still stick out? You know, well, I still have to make sure that what I'm doing <laughs> sticks out. That people know it's a white world. It is, but how do you make yourself known right. in a positive way? Right, right. And it's like, I tell anytime I talk to you about the difference for me between Peterborough HBCU and why I chose. It's that stigma. Don't go to the same school for both of your degrees and da 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 da. But the reason why I stayed at UC Central was the faculty. Like, I came out of the criminal justice department, shout out, plug. Um, <laughs> and the support that I had from a team of professors and one that my mentor was like no other. Right. Like, my professors want to stay with me till class. Class was at 8.30 now, and we did it till 10 o'clock running SPSS and doing research modules because they care and they want to invest in my development. Mm-hmm. Not as just another student, but the connection relationship. Text me if you're stressing out, let's talk about it. Or that's, that's we have the baby shower for my professors in the building. And that's real. Like, if I should tell my cookout for Thanksgiving, kind of mother in the hospital, pull up. Like, that's mm-hmm. professors I had. I seen one of my professors get proposed you know? to. Hello? In class. <laughs> Hello? In class. Her man came through. Her, 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 Staff brought the man in and everything, and it was it was lit. It was professors that would if you couldn't go home Thanksgiving break. Come on, come on, come on! on. I live down down the street. Come get you. You hungry? You hungry? And it's one of those things that you have to be honest about because it wasn't for my professors that had took me in when I first came to NC Central. I would have never came back for my second degree. I would have (laughs) look right there. I never came back for my second degree. I would have never got the internship that turned into a job. Right. And it's just like, at a PWI, it's just what it is. You seeking a flow. I don't care if you're first generation or you're the 25th generation exactly. to go to college. And HBCU, nah, bro, come under my wing. I got you. You still have to learn yes. to sing you or still swim. Work you still got to work for it. But see. I'm going to support you. That goes back to that little saying that most of our parents probably said, you know, if somebody if somebody see you trying, they're gonna try to help you. Mm-hmm. I feel like at PWI, I don't care if you're trying. They don't care if you're trying or not. Like if you can't do it, you can't, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. See, with HBCU, I feel like like I had a law class where I know, I know Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh Jesus! I, I was so stressed out. Like I tried, I tried my hardest. My teacher, I would stay up. Teacher talk to my teacher every day. And she worked with me, she worked with me, she worked with me, she worked with me. Failed the midterm. She's like, You still got a chance. Keep working, keep working. <laughs> <laughs> me, you know, at first, you know, when I failed that midterm, I'm ready to go get that pink slip. Go go to go to the go to the register, <laughs> drop, drop. She's like, No, we're gonna keep working, we're gonna keep working. And I kept going to her, I kept going to her study session, I kept going to the study session, study session, took the final exam, aced it. And it's called because she cared and she saw me trying. And that's all she said. She said, if I see you trying, I'm going to make sure you get it done. Mm -hmm. And she made sure I got it done. Um, So I I just feel like at the HBCUs, they see you trying and you're trying to do the best of your ability. I'm talking like trying. Mm -hmm. Not just, I will say I'm trying, but you trying, they're going to help you. 
and they're going <laughs> to help you succeed and help you get to the next level. Man, no, no lie. True story for me, man. I was, I was at Central, man. Like, I had my kid up there with me for the weekend or whatever. So I had, I had a thing I had to do for class. It was on a Friday afternoon. You know, so I'm trying to find somebody. You know, what I'm saying somebody watching. Boom, boom, boom. I called my teacher. Like, I can't, I can't come to this. You know, so I'm probably gonna fail the class. I can't come this again. Man, I probably was like 10, 15 minutes later, but she pulled up, put everything in the car. She got him, put him in there. I'm thinking she's gonna bring him back. She's like, Nah, I got him to Sunday. You enjoy the weekend. Like. Just, just little stuff like that, bro. Like, I don't, I don't know if I could have been in somewhere else and somebody voluntarily take my child and no. keep for the weekend and you, and you be okay with it. That's the other thing. Like, yeah, you being okay you with being it, okay so with you it. know that she's a great person, right? So, like, I was like, man, once I seen that, I was like, bro, it's they, they care. They like this. This is done. where it's at. This is what I need to do. I so. defeated. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know. HBCUs are straight up family. Like, That's it. literally, it's like when you go to HBCU, you take a bow. You sick this Like just for the hell of it, not mm-hmm. to reap benefit, no benefit at all. To 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 have friends, <laughs> yeah. to have friends, and just to want a fellowship, <laughs> to just want a fellowship for the hell of it. You know, not even to drink all the time. But sometimes it's like, hey, y'all trying to pop up? Y'all want to eat? Y'all want to mm-hmm. do this? Whatever the case may be, it's because of the fellowship of an HBCU. I feel like it's fostered that environment right. amongst us. It's kind of keep that that black camaraderie. Also, it's also being an HBCU addresses the anti-blackness. A lot of times, we don't talk about how African Americans can have anti-blackness toward their other counterparts. When we talk about being fearful and uncomfortable around our own people, mm-hmm. and I feel like HBCU, HBCU definitely addresses that notion because when you're not around yourself, mm-hmm. you treat those who look like you like society treats them. Our media portrays them. And I feel like that that Oh, you said something. Come on now. Say that one more time what you just said. So I wanna make sure that is so important because I see it all the time. When I say I see it all the time, like going just going to a high school like that, I saw that the kids with you know, with shit be treated like shit in front of your face and they think it's okay because you're I guess someone on their level. And it's, it, it hurts. Like, it really hurts. And I feel like HBCU, like I said, the person with nothing and then the person with all this, you get to see that black people are all of that in mm-hmm. one. And it, it, you're able to go. I can go and I can go to the hood right now, too, mm-hmm. and not have no issues at all. Because you literally can have a roommate that came from just like that. Like, I think that's what it brings. You bring so many different people in. You you bring so many different people in and you experience so many different types of personalities and backgrounds and it makes you okay. And, you know, by this time when you're an adult, you're like, okay, 
you know, we don't all come from the same background. That's okay. I can, I don't have to code switch. I know that I can be around any type, not any type, but I can be around black people from different backgrounds and feel okay. Like I don't have to pretend or I don't have to look at this one funny because of where they came from. We're just black. But truth be told, you know, after you got to know people, where they came from and how they were living, it really didn't even matter. Regardless of where you came from or I come, neither of us got any money. You know, and it's, I see no lies. But, but <laughs> how we were in college had nothing to do with what we were gonna accomplish when we left. Okay. You know what I mean? And it's it's just like, you know, I remember struggle culture. Like I remember some of the things we used to do in our dorms to just get by. Oh my gosh. Do you know um, what the fuck you can do with a pack of noodles, nigga? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never going on, bro. You know what I mean? So that was the biggest thing is like, you know, they always say where you start is not where you finish. But like college showed me that. It did not matter where people came from because that didn't mean that they couldn't get amazing internships and do crazy things that we could never imagine by the time we were done or afterwards. It's like, I don't care how you got here. We're here. We're like, here. You're here. You're, you're <laughs> in, in college. We're struggling together. We're struggling together, but we made it. You know, it, it takes a lot to just make it to college. And I don't think we okay. highlight that. We're like, okay, I mean, everybody graduates. Everybody does everybody not graduate. Does not graduate. Everybody does not graduate. And so once you get there, it's like, so what? Who cares how you got here? Who cares where you came from? We're here. What are we going to do? Once we got here, let's make the world great. It's like, so I think we're going to wrap this thing up. Before we wrap it up, though, one of the things I always do, I give a chance for everybody to shout out any kind of Bob. All right. A Bob is a black owned business. OK, so I give everybody a chance to shout out something. I'm probably going to shout out like four or five. So you can go ahead and start. With it, bro. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm gonna shout out two things. I'm gonna shout out my own business, Jalen R. Baker Designs. If you need a graphic yeah. design, hit me up on my social media at President Jalen. Also, I'm gonna shout out the first annual HBCU Palooza North Carolina Young Alumni HBCU oh, Picnic. Man, it's going clap. down July 18th through the 21st. <laughs> was that yours? That was my clap. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, the Young Alumni Picnic is going down next weekend, y'all, for real, for real. We, it's about to be a movie. The picnic itself already has 500 RSVPs. We hit that today. I'm super excited. 500. 500 RSVPs. I'm super excited. Bring your friends. Bring your PWI friends so they can get a little bit of this HBCU flair, too. It's fine to PWI. We got, like, four four days worth of events. Follow us on social media at North Carolina HBCU Picnic. It's going to be lit. Um, shout out to One Love. Shout out oh, yeah. to Designs Per Shani, you know what I'm saying? You need something, they got you. That's all I got to say. Shout out to Essence Consulting. Um, she hits your cosmetics and her needs. Shout out to Thrive of Black Owns, um, in a sense, consignment store. Yes, they have thrive. old school new clothes fire. Thrive. Shout out to Ngozi yes. Downtown Durham for different versions of African peoples. They have everything from Ghana, Eritrea, Nigeria. So I, I'm not even going to shout out. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, you good. Keep going. Okay, I need them all. We need them all. Shout out to Perkins Orchard Black Owned. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Grown, yes, vegetables, they popping. Wonderful, healthy, amazing. Perkins Orchard. I shop there for all shout my produce. Shout out to my boy Donnie. He's the owner. Okay, love. So I'm not even going to shout out anybody specifically. I'm going to say everybody got a friend with a business. We promoting everybody else's brands. We wearing everybody else's stuff. 
if your friend has a business, if you see your friend trying, repost their flyer, shop on their store, order a product, even if you don't know what it is, you can't wear it. Give it to someone, you know, read their blog posts. They're looking at how many um, page views do they have. Everybody has a friend. I'm not calling out anybody specifically. Just support. Just support your friend. Got a lot of friends. So I got a couple of, you know, um, of course, Dreamer. That's my dog, Brandon, my dog. All right. Shout out um, Lassane Hookah. All right. My engineer. All right. He does Nigga is a hustler, all right? Nigga do hookah. Do if you need some hookah for your event, hookah hit the nigga up. If you need some music, edit it, you need some beats, you need the shit cut up, y'all wonder why my shit sound good, it ain't me. Trust me, because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Um, <laughs> I'm fucking weak. But when nigga keeps me, he keeps the shit tight, all right? He keeps the shit tight, keep it good. All right, um... Also, let me shout out Sports Cube. All right, it's a new app. All right, it's the future of sports. All right, you're able to find your near uh, near trainer, find sports therapists. Yeah, you heard what I said, therapists. All right, not trainers. All right, not just a trainer. All right, you guys need to start investing in therapists. All right, you guys need to get your mental right. right? Um, you can buy, sell sports apparel, um, upload sports content, interact with friends. Um, it's the best. It's it's the next biggest wave, right? So be on the lookout for Sports Cube. Um, who else may I need a shout out? I feel like I owe some people some shout outs. I owe some people some shout outs. Um, hmm. Hold on, charge it to my. You got you got to come on. Yes. Um, Cooking with Cordell, <laughs> black owned chef up in Charlotte, you see, but he travels. Shout out to Simply Me. She makes a podcast for everyday college students. Come on. Um, working and school enrolled mothers. Mm-hmm. She has a mother call every month. Um, Simply Me, she's on Instagram for both. And also, hot, excuse my language, hot girl shit. Um, okay. My girl, That's Shinibir. Yeah, new podcast. I'm with it. I'm okay. with it. They talk about I'll be listening. So y'all listen to me, I'll listen to you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you might know, you might know. Call me over, I'll, you know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, uh, shout out Black Science is Mad at you. Mike Hopkins, shout out to you, yes. man. Oh, my shout out but yeah, man, I, this is that's my favorite part of the whole show. Honestly, man, I, just shouting these people out because I mean we get almost five hundred listeners every time, and and that's five hundred more people that's hearing that about that yes. business. Yeah. So um, yes. at the end of the day, like I said, man, just hit me up. Like I don't know what y'all scared to hit me up for. Um, if you hit me up, I'm shouting you out, bro. I'm not asking for. I'm not. I ain't even asking for no money. You know what I'm saying? I just want. You ask me for your support, I got you. So um, I appreciate y'all, every last one of y'all for having, for, for coming on this show and, and just spitting some knowledge. Because I feel like we need to let these kids know that's coming up in school, like HBCU is, is not a bad choice. Not a bad it choice. Is. And it's where it's it at. It might be your best move yet. HBCU. Okay. Okay. That's how you make your price go up. Go to the HBCU. <laughs> your price guaranteed to go up. Okay. Alright, we out of here. And that is the end of the HBCU edition. Make sure y'all pull up the HBCU Palooza and we out.